Wow, it's always such a great time talking to Daniel. Such a great friend. Uh, went through an awesome workout right before. So thank you so much, Daniel, for you know being my first co-host on this episode, episode number five. Uh, today, we are specifically talking about personal trainers. And if you're new to becoming a personal trainer, how we can help you through our past experiences from a business and a personal and professional aspect. So I really think we're going to help out a lot of people. So please tune in, share, subscribe, like whatever it is, and make sure you follow my guy, Daniel at all levels athletics on all social media platforms. Um, he's a beast. He's a great friend, a great mentor, a great leader. And if you guys are looking for a personal trainer in the North County area, he's definitely somebody that I highly, highly recommend from obviously the personal trainer aspect, but he's a great, um, mental coach and motivator. And, uh, you know, he really reverse and enge- reverse engineers how he structures his, uh, personal training programs, his partnerships. And, uh, he's just a really highly regarded person in my mind. So thank you so much, Daniel. Um, I hope a lot of people out there listening really learn from the lessons that we talk about today. So I hope you guys enjoy. All right, Dan, how are you feeling, dude? We're recording. Just another day in paradise over here. All right, dude. So thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back to episode number five of the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with us, my boy, Daniel Ledbetter. Uh, He's a dear friend of mine, uh, great friend, great coworker, great teammate. Uh, I really admire his work ethic as a business owner, and I have much respect for this individual. So I just wanted to bring him on to the podcast today and have uh, have a good conversation today. So... Why don't you uh, tell the people who you are, man? Well, thanks, Ricky, for having me here. Um, You know, our friendship has really been really great. Uh, Started over at 24-Hour Fitness, um, and uh, it's just taken off there, playing on sports teams together, and just spent a lot of time talking about life and bettering ourselves and how we can better provide products to our clients. So uh, it's been just really productive, Um, you know. So I jumped on the opportunity to come and, you know, talk to everybody and share the message of fitness and try to help people, you know, live better, healthier lives. Um, So kind of like my background, Uh, So I've been in sports like most of my life and that kind of ignited the passion for, you know, how the body works and how to perform better and, you know, all the other little things that go into performing at your best. Like it's not just physically, it's mentally, it's what you put in your body. It's, you know, the happiness that you have in your life outside of the discipline you like Um, that really makes uh, an impact on, you know, how your fitness goes um, and how fulfilled you are. So. I pursued uh, sports most of my life, had a lot of really great trainers work on me throughout the years and, you know, chiropractors and physical therapists and had a lot of injuries and learned a lot and played multiple sports, lots of specific coaches. So I was able to accumulate a lot of knowledge from a lot of places and uh, and then just searching out information on my own. And I've been working with clients now for about 10 years or so. Um, in and out of different types of gyms, whether it was boot camps, um, uh, whether it was, you know, big box gyms like 24 Hour Fitness or doing my own thing, running my own business for many years. Um, and, you know, where can we find your business gyms. at? Uh, so you can find me at All Levels Athletics, um, both Instagram and Facebook. That's A-L-L Levels Athletics. Um, yeah, and I'm always like, you know, trying to reach out to people and, um, you know, just share as much information as I can. So, you know, just hit me up if you guys have any questions about anything. I'd love to, you know, get to know you and, you know, help you along. And um, so, yeah, so that's a little bit about myself um, and always learning, always growing. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very happy to be here. Cool, man. Um, so after that introduction, I guess we'll get right into the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, I really wanted to bring you in, obviously talk about, you know, uh, yes, our personal relationship, but more or less our professional relationship. And I know, I know that you care a lot about obviously your personal training clients and, uh, the average person, I would say that me and you, uh, you know, I I have yet to meet, uh, a lot of trainers or people in general that provide the care that you do for people that you just meet. And I really admire that. So a topic that I think is going to help a lot of people out there is, you know, you're just becoming a personal trainer. You know, why do you want to be a personal trainer? How are you going to have success in these days? Um, So what's your take on that? Yeah, uh, I I see it all the time now on social media where people are studying for their personal trainer certifications and, um, you know, they're aspiring to help change the lives of other people. Um, You know, I think it's amazing. Uh, It's a it's a goal worth striving for and continuing to grow and it helps you on your path to become better and better you know Um, so I think I think people are 
let me ask real quick. I've actually never even asked you this, dude. What inspired you to become a trainer? Uh, I wanted to perform better at sports myself, and I saw people struggling with, you know, some things that I used to struggle with, and I had a lot of empathy towards them, and I wanted them to, um, you know, be more successful, and the more successful they were, the more fulfilled and happier they were, so I, I saw that connection, and I had the answers, because I had gone through that same thing, so it really fulfilled me a lot to be able to give these people the skills and share with them this really easy fix to take away shin splints, or to help them, you know, get this growing strain out of there, or help them gain a little bit more speed, or, uh, you know, a little bit better performance, you know, uh, in this lift, and that really made them so happy and helped their productivity that I was just hooked on it. Um, so that's kind of like what started it. It just started with me wanting to help somebody. And then I was like, you know what? I really like this. This is fulfilling to me. And, and it's better because I can do more research on it and, it. and it just pushes me to increase my knowledge base. So it was just it was just the, be the best feeling ever to start doing that. That's sweet. No, that's, that's legit, man. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off from kind of your original uh, topic. But I, yeah, I've never asked you that. And I know it's something that um, like I said, obviously hold, hold you in high regard in terms of your personal training career. Um, Thanks, man. yeah, dude, no problem. Uh, so what would your best piece of advice be for the personal trainer who's going to start right now? You know, it's February 6th, 2021, you know, uh, gyms are kind of starting to open up. Um, more than that, you know, we've been in quarantine for about a year and those mm -hmm. people that were afraid of the gyms are now starting to be less afraid and they're starting to mm -hmm. kind of get back into their fitness routine. You know, what would your advice be for, you know, um, A, the client, but also well, let's talk about the trainers first. What, what would you do? Uh, what would your best piece of advice for new trainers be out there? Um, you know, from, you know, where we're at in this time of the year and, um, you know, what's your best piece of advice for them going forward in, in their training career? Ooh, uh, wow. Like, uh, like any other business, there's, there's many hats you need to wear if you're just, you know, doing it by yourself. Um, you gotta be your own marketer. You gotta be your own content creator. You have to be the trainer. Um, you have to, um, continue to go out there and make relationships and learn more about th pieces of information that you don't know yet. So your education, continuing that. Um, there's just so many different hats that you have to wear. Many people within a business wear their own hat, right? Um, you know, within a group setting. And it's really great to lean upon other people to do things that you don't necessarily know about or um, or that you're not really great about. It's good to lean on, the, uh, on a team so that way you you can go further and focus on getting better at just the training, the craft of it. Um, and uh, I would say just know that there are many functions that you have to do when you're by yourself. And I, I'd say if there's one thing that really limits trainers from reaching their potential as a trainer is their flow of leads. Like knowing that, you know, in a big box gym, you get your leads from just clients that are coming in there. Okay. Um, you know, one place you can get your leads from is, you know, social media, putting videos out there and helping create um, solutions for people on the fly and having other people see that social proof really helps, you know, putting out testimonies really helps. Um, using freelancing websites where you list yourself as a personal trainer is a place to get leads from going out to uh, networking events and talking to people and getting to know them and you know just putting yourself out there that this is what you do and and you would love to you know help people um, just understanding that you have to get leads from many sources because you're not going to get all your leads from just one source and if you only get it from one place you're going to be limited to the amount that you get from that source so making sure you have a plenty of leads coming in so you can fill up your schedule because clients ideally yes you love for them to stay for years but do they stay you know for that long mm -hmm. right uh, sometimes it's not a great fit sometimes they move sometimes they change jobs sometimes financial difficulties sometimes, sometimes COVID happens <laughs> sometimes they only need a little bit and they want to go off on their own um, and, and try it out by themselves there's a lot of reasons why they won't stay with you so you have to have a carousel of clients coming in and out you know um, that can keep you busy all the time to pay the bills and yet continue to hit your other financial goals as well you know savings and things like that because you got to be prepared for the winter months when things slow down a bit right so mm -hmm. um, so that would be my biggest piece of advice is learning how to get leads for your business. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, and that's also why I think that piece of advice is very valuable because um, I actually met Daniel. He was external kind of coming in, and we kind of uh, helped bring him, bring him into the company. 
And yeah, that was immediately one of the, the number one things I saw was, you know, the action potential for business actually churning through social media. Nowadays, you see so many people with hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers, but their business models are shit. Or, and we're not crapping on anybody, but you know, it's hardcore work that you actually have to put in rather than just, you know, taking the selfies and, you know, putting the good music loops together and whatnot um, and the booty band workouts, you know, just like Daniel <laughs> said, it is about wearing a lot of different hats from a business owner perspective, from a professional's perspective, from, you know, you have somebody else's life in your hands, essentially. And uh, yeah, I think nowadays um, a lot of people kind of siphon what they think they should be doing as far as personal training wise versus, you know, what is actually good for the client. So right. um, thanks for adding that in, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to talk about or at least add on to at least uh, that, that first bit, that first piece? Uh, wow. Uh, your One thing I want to talk about is your certification is just your foot in the door. That's A lot right. of people think that like, oh, you've arrived. You've gotten your personal training certification. And everyone knows that you've got to have, you know, CEUs, those continuing education units in order to, you know, have a valid certification. And that just makes sure that you're not being stagnant and stuck in the same loop because we've, we've sometimes in the beginning get, got caught in that same loop where we're trying to progress with certain exercises and we'll stay with those ones and you know we're like oh come on the, the, the client has to start getting it they need to be proficient at this before they move on to the next stage it makes sense but um, without that continued education and learning more about things you don't have as many tools in your tool belt to go um, you know creatively think of a new solution for this same problem you haven't been able to break through and you're and you can only provide a product based upon your total Total number of experiences, both as an athlete or you know as a technician trying out different exercises, um, and your type of clients that you've experienced with their problems and their progressions, and the things that you've read about and you've tried through evidence-based training. Um, you can only use that that cumulative knowledge to provide such a level of product. And the more you learn, the more you learn you don't know, right? So you have to continue to expand that knowledge. Use your good principles. Get your stuff from credible sources. Um, A lot of people are just like, wow, this person looks really great. They're on Instagram. They must know how to work out. Most of the time, you know, we see this as trainers who understand a lot more of the biomechanics and some of the other things that go into, you know, creating a, a body like that. And you can tell that they're not using the right form or that they're doing it just for looks or you know just there's a there's a lot of things that are deceiving about that that you may not see on the service level until you go down that that path of years and you can see the difference between them uh, between you know what's really a great movement and what's not and then it's just a tool right how do you know when to use that exact tool and what and why are you using it being very intentional because a lot of people can do a bicep curl right but what are you doing within that bicep curl that's a, a different way than just doing it uh, without intention without squeezing at certain parts without controlling the eccentric movement without you know uh, supinating your hand you know to be able to get a better contraction out of it without doing it at an incline to be able to stretch out your front delt and get a little bit more stretch out of the bicep itself without doing it behind the head you know there's a lot of different reasons to do the same exercises in a slightly different way that you're just not you know understanding of in the future so um, there's just so much out there that just because you got a certification it doesn't mean that that's the end-all be-all you have to be a daily student and I think you find success in a lot of areas in life if you adopt the same principle uh, just being a student of life being a student of whatever your profession is so that way you're always open to learning growing challenging your ideas and adopting new ones that can possibly help you create a better product for your clients right so yeah, dude, you definitely, <clears throat> you hit it on the head. I, was, I literally wrote down the word evolution as you were talking, just because obviously I know from my personal experience as an athlete, as a trainer, as a leader, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever, I mean, obviously I've hit points of stagnance and then I realize I'm at that point of stagnance and I try to grow and I try to get myself, you know, to uh, a higher fulfilling position or uh, just a happier place mentally. And um, yeah, even as a personal trainer, I definitely noticed phases of, you know, when I, you know, first get in right after, you know, a certification, you kind of do think everything by the book. And then, yeah, you kind of start to, um, you know, get more interested by certain things or, you know, you just kind of become accustomed to a certain type of client demographic to where I've seen people come in with strength certifications and they love working with geriatric old people. And all of a sudden 
you know, their strength certification and their second sub cert is uh, corrective exercise. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's so funny because as they evolve, you know, I've seen, I've seen this happen a lot when, you know, they come in through the gym and, you know, they're cardio bunnies or they're weightlifters when mm -hmm. they first come in and they get hired and they become trainers and just the evolution of growth that goes on by the time five, six years rolls around, they're getting their freaking PhD in, you know, physical therapy or, or, or uh, f uh, physiology. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just awesome. And I think that, you know, from, uh, I mean, that's also why I wanted to bring you in too. I mean, I don't think uh, we've ever really talked about the importance of, you know, kind of pushing each other and growing. And I know, you know, the last, uh, what, 11 months in quarantine, mm -hmm. that, you know, I've barely, you know, seen you. And obviously there's, you know, you've been busy, I've been busy, but uh, every time I get with you, man, it's always a, a real eye opener. And uh, you kind of, you, you always push me to, do that much better as a as a fitness technician and as a, an athlete so uh thanks for that thanks man yeah dude no worries um and i also thought you nailed it right on the head with like function just like how you're talking about you know movement of the bicep more times than not we see so many people and uh even my wife who's not even a personal trainer she's you know, biology major but she even notices you know and it's not a knock by any means it's just science and how the body works with fat loss if you're trying mm -hmm. to lose weight one of the least effective things to do is, you know, three by 10 of 12 of just stagnant bodybuilding exercises, taking two to three minutes of rest. Your heart rate's not getting high enough. You're not putting your muscles under enough stress to building muscles to increase your resting uh, metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and, that, and that's also what we talk about from the evolution of the mental growth of how you obviously see and perceive fitness but then also the growth that you put yourself through and understanding that you're stagnant and wanting to force, not force growth, but yeah, push growth onto yourself. Encourage it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. encourage it, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, that was a good one. That was a super good one. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on to uh, any of the, at least the in-gym or fitness um, topic before we kind of head into our next one? Uh, I think that if you're getting into personal training, most people are doing it for the right reasons. They're doing 100%. it from a, you know what, I, fitness has really helped change my life and I want to be a part of other people's lives. It's very fulfilling um, and um, people don't know you care until they know you care, right? Yeah. So at the very least... Um, making sure that the connection is really strong with you and your client letting them know that hey you know what you hear their concerns you ask them great questions about what's going on with their lives and they, and they feel like you're you actually care because there's a lot of a lot of trainers that fall into the pitfall of oh it's all about me it's all about me living the lifestyle i want getting the good feeling of training clients or whatever but really the the pl place to put your mind that will serve you well is it's all about the client. Like people will tell me, you know, all the time, um, you know what, I've seen you in the gym and training people and, um, but you never looked, I never wanted to come say hi because you were so focused on your client and you mm -hmm. just create this bubble, this environment that your client can feel very comfortable in. Um, so that way they feel like you're there because the gym can be a scary place, right? Like, uh, you know, you being there with them to let them know, hey, we're going to do this together i'm going to be here with you yes we may have some ups we may have some downs i'm going to help navigate it and 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 deal with adversity and you know the body telling you like oh you're moving me in a way you've never moved me before i'm kind of angry <laughs> you're kind of angering me whatever um just letting them know that you care and that you're giving them undivided attention not checking your phone not not um doing homework or trying to get their uh, workouts done ahead of time so you can put a higher level of care into the product if you take care of the product which is the client if you take care of them and you're focused on them well then you know that they're gonna like see that and you're gonna get the benefits of it so um, I, I would say, you know, the connection is super, super important. Um, not only your what you bring to the table as a trainer, which a lot of people bring really good skills and there's a lot of ways to get results in the body, but it's that connection that you have because you're not just the body mechanic or the trainer. You're not, you're not just, um, you know, somebody who holds them accountable, which is huge. Um, you're a therapist. You listen to them. They're able to vent like you're, you're part entertainer, like talking to them a little bit about, you know, current things. Things and 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 bringing good 
information to the table that lets them experience a good feeling based on the information that you're giving them, right? So make sure that you touch on all those things and make a really great connection. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, adding on to the connection piece too, I always told, um, you know, oncoming personal trainers or just anybody in general, uh, whether it's a sales aspect or, you know, a confidence aspect, uh, you know, in relating it directly to personal training, I always told the trainers that you need to prescribe personal training like you're a doctor prescribing medication and you need to operate that from a business aspect but it's also the importance of the value that you need to uh intend personal training to be it needs to fitness is yeah. it is intentional fitness is medicine 100 percent. and just like dan said with the connectivity i personally have been to the doctor multiple times they don't even look me in the eyes and they tell me that I need to take some pill. So I can only imagine what they're actually telling people who are out of shape. And I'm not to say that I'm in the best shape ever, but you know, me being a 25 year old young man that worked in the fitness industry and knows a decent amount about health and fitness, you know, they're prescribed, they're trying to pull the wool over my eyes in that sense. Just imagine what they're doing to the average Joe out there who, you know, doesn't hold their body in higher regards in terms of fitness and health. And you know, potentially, yeah, you know, a lot of times people get prescribed medications that aren't 100% necessary or get prescribed uh, just, there's just so much that goes into the trust that you need to have with people from a personal training aspect versus, oh, whatever, I'm not even getting the politics. Yeah, I mean, how did, how did that, you told me the story uh, yesterday or maybe the day before how you went to the doctor for your shoulder and, you know, <laughs> you kind of, I mean, you know what you're looking for when it comes to assessments and he just lifted your arm over your head and a little bit to the side and talked to you a little bit and then tried to prescribe you know physical therapy for you or and some generic thing without actually assessing or hearing you out yeah. like do you feel like he cares about you when he doesn't hear you out when he doesn't look you in the eyes when mm -hmm. he doesn't express some general concern mm -hmm. and then do a couple things to where you're like oh I, I feel like he's doing the right things to figure out exactly what is the issue right yeah 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 way to steer that in the right direction I was going off on a tangent there <laughs> <laughs> I was getting emotional and pissed, but yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Like, um, but, but, you know, even prior to that experience, I, I actually did tell a lot of the incoming trainers, you know, you need to treat medicine, uh, fitness, like you're prescribing medicine. And a lot of times, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, older people, younger people, whoever you are that I think more often than not, um, whether they're my client or, you know, any client, Nine times out of 10 people will say, wow, I got so much more out of that training program than I expected because a lot, yeah, a lot of times people think, wow, I'm just, I'm going to pay this person to get a little stronger. I'm going to pay this person to lose some body fat. I'm going to pay this person to make my butt a little bigger, but it's not just all those. It's, you know, how are you going to become more disciplined? What's it going to do for you for mental health and how you feel about yourself? Self-confidence aspect. Exactly. What does it, what does your life turn into by making this one good decision? What does that do? Well, that one de decision, well, it doesn't allow you to make a bad decision. So you've already improved there. And then it generates a little bit of momentum that helps you feel you have a little bit extra energy. And with that little extra energy, what do you do? You, when you make one good decision, it's easier to make another good decision, right? Um, and then you generate a little bit more momentum and you have a little bit more wiggle room you feel a little bit better now you take on one more good decision which what's that do it cuts out one bad uh, decision because there's only room for so many decisions in a day and then it allows you to generate more momentum so it's this positive snowball effect is when you start intentionally doing things that are better for you that means that you don't have room for the things that are bad for you and and, and it just generates momentum in the right direction and and being successful is all about is all about momentum like I start my day every single day with a morning routine that generates momentum that that helps get my day off to the best start possible and you know when it comes to personal training sessions I try to talk talk to my clients about really uh, warm feeling things and talking about their life and steer things in a positive direction and, and get some momentum going for the beginning of the session so that way the rest of it can go so well what's the saying um, you win you the first, if you win the first hour, you win your day or what is something along those lines, right? It's, <laughs> it's all about how you generate momentum that will carry throughout the day. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing when it comes to fitness. Fitness is not the one all be all. It's one of many disciplines that you will do in your life to find fulfillment. But it is a, it is a vehicle that you can, that you can use to generate momentum and positive change that will eventually snowball and can positively impact your entire life. So that's why, that's why I loved fitness because that is my game 
gateway working with people and you love doing this as well that can change somebody's life for the better because when they make one good decision it is easier for them to make another um decision following that yep 100 freaking percent dude um yeah definitely hitting it on the head here man we're killing it right now all right, so uh, I think another good question since we're on the you know topic of personal trainers, um, you know, uh, growing, you know, during this time, uh, they need to kind of know like, is it better for them to aim for a big box gym as their first job, or you know, staying as an independent trainer? Pros and cons of both. So, uh, you know, share with them a little bit about what do you think? Well, I think yeah, this is solid because I mean, given our backgrounds. Uh, I was always working out in a commercial gym, uh, even before I turned 18. And then basically like right after I turned 18, I got hired in the gym. So my entire almost adult career, uh, kind of sprouted and grew through a gym and I'm very lucky and fortunate for that. And I had great mentors throughout the way. So shout out to you guys. You guys know who you are, but, um, no, seriously, I, I thought I had really good mentors like higher than average um you know as you guys know southern california is very dominant in the fitness market so you know we got some dogs here in terms of you know trainers we have some of the best trainers in the united states in southern california that i worked with and um we had some great sales guys too and they taught me a lot about the the psychology uh, the sales psychology aspect of it and kind of paired it with my personal you know goals and, and ambitions and, and what i wanted to do with my clients um, so luckily for me, and I, I'm very, very fortunate to have the pipeline that I had when I very first started my uh, personal training uh, profession or career. And granted, yeah, it was a big box gym. It was one of the busier gyms in Southern California. Um, but even with that, you know, it doesn't matter what gym you're at. There's always going to be uh, a competition. There's always going to be uh, a struggle with starting up personal training business. And uh, one of the number one things that one of my mentors, Cam Duff, shout out, uh, taught me was game of volume and game of numbers. And yes, it's quality and quantity. You know, ideally you don't want to pick both. Um, so with me, you know, a big thing that I had success in, in a commercial gym, and I don't see why anybody can't do this outside as far as at least business cards was, I would just always ask anybody that walked into the gym, hey, do you want to work out? Or what are you working out today? And they'd say arms. Cool. Can I show you an arm workout? And it's so funny that like, yeah, some people might say no and that's okay. You have to be okay with the rejection. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people are like, yeah, because nine times out of 10, you know, a lot of people don't know what they're doing in the gym or they're not very intentional with what they're doing in the gym. They know they're going to do their legs, but they don't know their routine, their reps, their sets, their time and attention, things like that. And that's, uh, that was my niche. I knew that specifically. I'm a very outgoing person and I would just ask everybody, Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What are you doing for your workout? How can I help you today? And I, I made it like, and I, it wasn't at all, but I made it feel like I was like the only trainer in the building almost. And everybody, cause yeah, everybody else was busy. And you know, when I'm first starting out, you know, I had clients here and there, but I wasn't as full as I eventually got. Um, because I just had that abundance mindset of, you know, I mean, F, F the money and F the session count. I'm just, you know, I have eight hours in this day and how many people am I going to get in front of at the end of the day, eventually I'm going to need eight. So if you don't have, if you don't have eight clients, you're going to need at least eight to 12 to 15 to 16 people in front of you a day mm -hmm. to close the gap. And that's when we're going to get into the sales stuff kind of later on more than likely, but that's the number one goal that helped me, um, and I think a lot of people have success with that inside and outside of big box commercial gyms is volume, game of volume, but not just, hey, do you want to work out? Okay, peace. Hey, do you want to work out? Okay, peace. Like, remember their name. Quality. Remember, yeah, quality. You know, next time they come in, hey, man, how was that leg day that you decided not to do with me? Oh, it was good. And then the next day, you know, you kindle these relationships with these yes. people. And that is, you know, part of what wearing one of the hats that Daniel said of being a personal trainer is. It's not just walk in boom that's what we're doing you know granted there walk are some people to a ton of clients yeah, like yeah. oh you're training here ricky's training here now like this is his <laughs> first time ever no one really knows who he is like he shows up oh everybody needs to train with him now right yep, you get to yep, earn yep. somebody's trust like and you 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 hit a lot of really good things uh on the head you talk about volume leads to production right having being in front of 50 people will let's say lead to two clients like after you know people you'd call them you again you gotta be okay with up. taking notes from those 48 people though 
but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you know that being in front of 50 people gets you two clients, well now we just multiply and scale it. Now if we want five new, or let's say six clients, then we, you know, that two times three, if you want two clients, you want six total, you just times that by three, so you times 50 by three. So you need to be in front of 150 people to get, you know, six, right? And and I'm not saying that it's all about just volume like what you had said. It was a great point to touch on, just asking people on the fly. Then it's more about you getting instead of you trying to provide a great conversation, a great uh, quality, you know, session or advisement or piece of information that will lead to uh, generating clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also touched on, you know, a few of rejection that would be kind of a con of there because you know some people they just it's hard to be thought of as that you're not enough right mm-hmm. or someone to tell you no like that's that's hard on anybody right so you have to have thick skin so that's kind of a con a pro you know within that first statement you just said about volume leads to promotion um, production um, that's a pro because you're saying you get a ton of people coming in so that's a pro is the leads that the gym has people are already showing up they want to work on their fitness mm-hmm. and you're in position to be the professional to help them out so that's a pro of it right you also talked about mentorship if you're by yourself you're not going to get that mentor necessarily unless you search them out on your personal time but just being in a big box gym you get around a lot of other people who are already doing it at a high level and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here learn as much as possible from people around you put your ego in check instead of thinking that you know everything and you will learn faster and better and then once you've got a system down and a structure you can then put your own spin on it but we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here because we're trying to get you to be be productive as soon as possible. Being able to handle a bunch of clients and sign new clients and lead a happy, fulfilling life because you're very productive at what you do, you know, at your job, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so those are definitely some really good pros and cons of you know the big box gym and things to take in consideration um, when choosing big box versus independent. So, mm-hmm. and real quick, like another add-on to that is. Uh, I'm, I'm currently not working in a big box gym too, so I don't really care if they sue me or get me in trouble or anything. But uh, I and this topic also, yes, it's geared towards personal trainers, but it's 100% geared towards the uh, average entrepreneur as well, or the average business owner as well. These are the same principles that you can take in terms of you know the sales aspect, but also the the mental clarity and where your head needs to be at for you to perform at the level that you need to perform. You know, because it's it's tough, it's hard giving yourself to people every day. Um, but you know, these are the ways that we think we can help trainers. But I'm in a roofing company now, and I'm doing the exact same thing. Uh, as far as success with the same kind of outline that I had as far as volume and leads and production and quality. And I'm able to go into a different, a completely different, um, uh, what's the word? Yeah. Field or a a completely different, um, yeah, field, I guess, and still find success and still be happy. And, and, uh, I'm just very happy that, you know, the the growth, yeah, the carryover. And that's always something that I knew because I didn't, you know, I didn't go to college for this stuff. You know, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of separate certifications and hours put in. And, um, you know, it's, this is coming from somebody who didn't go to college. So, you know, there's value in what we're saying here. We've had success and we've seen it and we've done it over multiple times. And um, yeah, I just think uh, that can help anybody who's also just, you know, any, any sort of business venture besides personal training as well. That, the carryover theme is something I love to express to people when it comes to fitness, that confidence, that uh, level of execution, the discipline, the doing things that are that know that get you to your goal, but you don't like doing in the moment, but pushing through it anyways, mm-hmm. getting control of your life, that has carryover to so many other areas. And that's why fitness is usually you know the gateway to finding success, success in your business, success in your personal life, your mm-hmm. family, like all these other adventures that you do you know within your life can start start um, with fas- fashioning these tools that you learn um, uh, through discipline of your fitness life that carry over has carryover, right? And you're saying that this carryover that you learn by running your own business within the big box, you learn that same interpersonal skills, the structuring of your day, understanding how the sales process is, understanding how to have people skills and relate and communicate uh, that leads to success in another business where it's the same format, just mm-hmm. a different process product right Mm -hmm. slight nuances but it's the same structure like you're talking about yeah yeah i just thought we'd add that in there too because uh yeah obviously fitness plays a huge role in any 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 successful person well i'd say 95 percent of successful people work out Mm -hmm. or have some sort of fitness regimen um added in um cool man so as far as the serious stuff 
how are we feeling? Are we uh, we we ready for the the rapid fire fun stuff? Yeah. Any, anything you want to um, add in? I think I want to add in one more thing for independent, like you know the pros and cons of big. Oh, box that's right, that's right. The obviously, pros and cons of big so, box. Yeah, you guys can you guys know my background through um, big box, obviously starting my career in there a big reason of why i think this episode is so important like i said in the beginning was obviously i admire daniel's work ethic he's a beast uh, when it comes to obviously like outside uh lead generation and sales so i'm gonna let him kind of take the floor with this uh starting as an external trainer um so yeah i did i i started as an external trainer running my own business so i had to you know bump my way and you don't know what you don't know until you need it and just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not going to affect your business i try to relate this in fitness as well uh to a car right um let's say you're driving your car and it starts to have problems and you take it to a mechanic and you're like hey why why is it making this grinding noise and he's like well have you changed your brakes and he's like no like oh i changed my oil though it should be fine right like well no there's a braking system that you have to change and you have to change the fluid you know so um, and just because you don't know that there's a suspension system or that you have to check the radiator doesn't mean your car isn't going to have problems. Just because you don't know that there's something you need to know, um, just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not going to affect you in a negative way. So you have to start to learn to become aware of what do I not know. Mm -hmm. um, and as a personal business owner, it's hard to know what you don't know, right? So you have to constantly be listening to podcasts and, and other fitness pros of what they've done, what things that they use, you know, what tools do they use? What um, what type of automation do they have to help save you time of repetitive motions? Like these are the this is a huge con of being an independent trainer. You don't know what you don't know yet, mm -hmm. so you have to link up with somebody if you were to go that way and have somebody lay out what are all the paperwork you need to do. What are all the um, you know, the auto-generated things that you should have just in PDFs ready to go. Um, that way you don't have to waste time on doing it because a lot of things are time wasters when it comes to um, being an independent trainer. Like what um, liability waivers you need to do? What type of insurance do you need to carry? Like, are you gonna are you gonna um, train out of a park? Are you gonna train out of your house? Are you gonna train um, out of a, a gym and just pay rent out of there? There's, there's different nuances to each one. Like if you're going to a park, you gotta say like, okay, well, is it gonna be taken up certain times of the day? Uh, do you have to get a permit for it like I mean there's a lot of things to consider so you don't know what you don't know but it doesn't mean it won't hurt you and create you know negative impact on your business as being an independent trainer the the pros well your time usually you can make more you keep the lion's share which you know big box gyms take that lion's share because multiple people are helping you out the guests are help, the guest registration is helping you out the facilities technician is helping you out mm -hmm. you know the manager in case you need to have any questions is helping there be there mentor you you know like there's a lot of people and a lot of things that gets taken off your back of, of um, tasks that you would normally have to do as an independent trainer that when you work with a big box, it helps you focus on just your product and just the sales and the, and, uh, the relationship that you're doing. So independent trainers, like there's just so much that you just don't know, but it will affect your business. Um, and uh, so I would just say that um, <clears throat> being an independent trainer has a, a, a lot of cons to it, um, but eventually if you can you know, narrow those out, then you can start to enjoy the pros and the extra time off and the, the, the scalability and being your own boss, right? Once you can start to you know, employ marketing companies and employ all these people to take on different tasks, but that means you have to generate more money. So it's, it's just this back and forth. So, um, uh, so I'd say those are some of the pros and, and cons of, of being an uh, independent trainer. Yeah, buddy. And uh, yeah, even uh, before I got my start with 24 Hour Fitness, you know, obviously I, I tried to go outside. You know, I, I was younger, didn't know. And uh, yeah, there there is a lot that you don't know. And yeah, just like Dan said, you don't know until you don't know. And uh, one of the biggest kind of things, and I'm going to continue to hammer this, is, you know, you have to be willing to take chances. You have to be willing to move forward and you have to be mm -hmm. willing to fail. And oh, yeah. But when you fail, don't you know, don't get too down on yourself. Don't mope. Sometimes I do that. I'm a victim of that sometimes. But you know, when, when you realize that you could take a lesson from each one of your failures, it makes failing and it makes taking risks so much easier. And, uh, that's just one thing that I would encourage everybody to do, whether that be a fitness, uh, perspective or just, uh, in general, I just think people need to take more life, more, more risks and live their life. But that's just me speaking. Um, cool. But yeah, so that's kind of the fun series or the, the, serious stuff in regards to you know our uh, training experience and kind of the bulk of the message that I wanted to get out with you today but real quick before we kind of wrap up I just want to kind of talk about and get your opinion and kind of debunk some of these uh, fitness fads or um, these equipment that are supposed to 
kind of increase your performance in the gym, let's say. So I just want to get your take on waist trimmers and uh, what's your take on, you know, men, I mean, females particularly, but some men do too. And uh, whether that be the corset or the like, um, uh, what's it called? Sweet sweat band, um, any sort of like wrapping corset. Um, I just kind of want to, I, I kind of know what your idea is, but let's, let's tell the audience. What do you think? I think that the little bit of benefit that this is trying to do is completely, um, offsetting by bad habits. You could have one bad habit that trumps and tips the scale away from the benefit of having one of these little waist trimmers or whatever. Um, you know, these tools, they're a great little tiny tool. If you're already doing all the other things at such a high level, I would rather find more things that you're not doing or add consistency or really control your macros or like, there's a lot of big rocks that you can deal with and focus on that will give you way more benefit than one of these little tiny tools. There's a lot of times where people want the easy way out. Let me just buy a product that will just solve my problems, right? That and that's what that's how people market their fitness equipment online is like buy this thing and it'll magically give you this dream of having a bigger chest or having a tighter, you know, but, um, but or smaller waist yeah. or whatever. And if you're depending on these things to to do that hard work for you or do the work that only hard work can do for you, well then you're mistaken. Your mind is in the wrong spot. I, what I would rather see people do is just get honed in on their diet, get honed in on their training, be consistent, give a high level of effort and just really control and, 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 and tune in their health more than depending on these little tools. That's where I always default to when people ask me those great things about, about what I think of this tool, what I do this. I'm defaulting to there is, no, there is nothing better than just consistent hard work. All right, that's a good one. Rapid fire, what about compression tights, copper wear, copper fit, shins, uh, uh, tight, tights on your legs, upper body, all that stuff. What's, what's your take? Uh, well, a couple of them. Look good, feel good, play good, right? You know what I mean? Like, if yeah, you're in a... I, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's just... It's a very mental tool. Yeah, maybe there's some science behind it, and that's what they try to push on these split testing to say, what is what does this person feel with it, and what, do they, and what does another person feel without it, and see what the slight difference is. Um, you know what? If it helps you feel good... I recommend doing it in most situations. Like compression, it keeps things, it, it does promote a little bit of circulation, a little bit of stabilization. It's not like a knee sleeve where there's actually extra stabilization mm -hmm. here. We're talking about compression sleeves. So there's less stabilization. It just makes you feel like it's okay. And when mentally you're in the right spot, you are going to perform and engage your body in the right way. I tell people like, hey, look at NFL athletes, look at NBA athletes. If they fail on game day, it's not because their body fails them in most situations. It's because their mind wasn't engaged in the right spot to succeed and tell their body what it needs to do in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not the body failure, um, it's user error, right? So I think if these things can help you feel great and hit a session and feel strong, then I think you're going to get more out of the session. And uh, so I think that it's a good mental tool, a, a, a safety blanket for the brain, but not much more than that. Okay, nice, dude. Um, what's your take on Supplements in general, protein, creatine, pre-workout, fat burners, uh, the works, amino acids, um, what's your take? Okay, so I think the big blocks here, let's separate the big blocks. Yeah, so, big blocks. Uh, well, protein. Let's say, all right, hold on, let's, let's actually, all right, let me retract that. Okay. What's your take on dry scooping in C4 and pounding energy drinks, and uh, what's your take on the average thermogenic? Oh, wow. Okay. There's some things to unpack here. Okay. So team dry scoop, right? Team dry scoop. <laughs> DJ! <laughs> we love you if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, again, we have to look at each tool individually. What does it bring to the table? And are you really challenging your body so much so that you're not leaving very much room to improve? And then you, you add one of these as a little tool. Do I think, okay, pre-workout. I think it can be a good thing. The problem is there's a lot of bad things in there and Jesus, we abuse it. Yeah. Yep. We do it as a social thing. We do it as a, as a you know, just a, a hype up thing. We can get more out of our workouts. Sometimes that's doing more things that are injuring ourselves. We're pushing ourselves harder in a way that injures ourselves because we're not doing our training properly. That's another conversation altogether. <laughs> um, but um, used I to think, be me. 
how do I think is it a good thing? If you're getting giving, getting a pre-workout that has quality ingredients, not all these chemicals that you can't even pronunciate, pronunciate <laughs> if it has good quality ingredients in it, and um, and you have a long day and you need to be hyped up and the only way that you can really get that muster the energy to get the work and you need to um, uh, to get the workout at the only time of day you can well then I think it is a tool that will be used for your success if you're leaning upon it every single time no matter what we're well, gonna do you're gonna create a dependency and you're gonna need more to get the same effect and you won't feel anymore or if it's not quality ingredients it's just chemicals you put in your body you're doing more harm than good so um, so I think again I default to Firstly, there's no, um, there is no tool that will outperform good quality, consistent work. So there start is. with that first. Have you seen Kung Fu Panda? Oh yeah. There is no secret ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that supplements are meant to supplement your diet? And your exercise? Are you sure? How do you do that? How do are you, you sure that? supplements are supposed to do that? I thought you just took those. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, cool, man. Uh, I just want to wrap it up. Um, man, dude, we hit it on the fucking head, man. Good job, dude. Sorry for the effing. But um, we want to help people. On yeah, this. yeah, seriously. And there's a lot of things to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of details, right? Yeah, a lot of details, a lot of details. Definitely plan on having Daniel. Uh, on a few podcasts in the future especially you know help him plug his business and uh this is just fun man i'm not really trying to blow up we're legitimately out here just trying to help people and kind of build our portfolios i'm a terrible speaker and this is one thing that i've been looking to do my entire life to help me and uh yeah i mean daniel's a great friend of mine so i have no problem you know helping him out in any way shape or form and thank you dan for helping me out um being a part of this podcast too dude um absolutely yeah dude my last super serious question who you got for the Super Bowl? Super Bowl's tomorrow. Super Bowl 54, oh, I think. Oh, man. You got Bucks versus the Chiefs. Dude. Wow. Bobby. Two greats. Who's Bobby got? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. But, uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, who you got, dude? Um, well, I think right now, from what I heard the last couple of days, that the Chiefs are favored by three. Oof. And home field advantage gives you, what, three points? So okay. I feel like they're really favored by six if it weren't for home field advantage. The Chiefs are the, the, the Chiefs Bucks. are. The yeah. Chiefs are not home field. The Bucks no, no, yeah, because the Chiefs oh, were favored oh, oh, by oh, three, right. so adding in the home field advantage okay, okay. usually is like a, a three-point difference, right? Okay, okay. Um, I, you know what, the fairy tale, fairy tale story, I like that Tom Brady went here. He did it his own Holy way. Shit. He pulled it together, right? And he's just had so many fourth-quarter comebacks. Is he, is he statistically, like, the best person right now in the league? Like, I feel yeah. like, um, you know, Mahomes is a better quarterback right now. He's more agile. He can, he can do all the throws. And, and make a lot of plays that Tom Brady just can't. But the thing that Tom Brady has going for him is I feel like he makes the right decision in the most important moment. So mm -hmm. even though he might throw three picks in the three drives that he needed to make a play and he had to, he made it, right? Yeah. He had some bad throws and some inaccuracies when he's wide open for a couple of things, you know, when the receivers are wide open. But um, so I, I guess I'd say I – I just would like the fairy tale of Tom Brady to just go ahead and them to get a Super Bowl. Do I think that the Chiefs are going to be back here again in the same conversation next year? Yeah. Yes. Do yeah. I think Mahomes is going to find so much success <laughs> yeah. over his career? Absolutely. With Andy Reid and that team they got around, they got the Cheetah. I mean, like uh, uh, Kelsey, man. dude, their defense is crazy. Like, yeah. It's my boy Tyron Matthew. I've freaking followed him since high school. Yeah. So I'm going to say I. I want to say that the Bucks are going to win, and I'm just going to go with that. Dang. That my prediction. The Bucks, Bucks are going to win, and I think it's not about what plays can the quarterback make. It's about what errors can they not allow to happen, right? Are you going to be down, and you have to – it's going to be a back and forth, right? I think it's going to be a back and forth, one person up, next person up. So when you're down, can you not force that ball and just say, you know what, I'll just take a three and out, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or I'll just punt the ball away and just be conservative because it's all about turnovers. What did the Bucks let the league and in turnovers this year or something like that Oof, yeah, I, as I a defense and they're humming right like okay. so uh and um who is it jpp is going up against I two rookie yeah. tackles or two you know in, anyways not like veterans there at that position so i think that that could serve some problems Dang. so i get i'm leaning towards i agree them. i agree I, I would i definitely you hit it on the head with mahomes saying that you know chiefs are going to be a dynasty for the next 10 years no doubt I I hope to God that the Chiefs become a bigger dynasty than the Pats because like it'd be right after the Pats dynasty and it would almost be like it didn't exist, which would be great. It's their turn for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But 
I was a Tom Brady hater probably 2012 or 13 just because I was one of those guys that was Winning so I was time. so over seeing him in the Super Bowl or like in the AFC Championship. And how crazy are Patriots fans sometimes yeah, during yeah. that time when they yeah. were just winning <laughs> elitely, you know? Yeah, but dude, 40, I don't even know how old, 42, 43, and like uh, you're a straight up hater if you don't like Tom Brady now because like that's the hardest thing in the world to do like you're 43 years old you go to a new team yeah you go to a new team in a different division everyone's talking smack and dude nine out of like Brett Favre like shat his pants uh I feel like Donovan McNabb shat his pants all these OG greats that usually do that try to squeeze out a few more years usually shit the bed not this guy. Uh, look at um, Peyton Manning when he oh was my on the God. Broncos, right? It wasn't well, because well, well, he, he had one Super Bowl. That was legit. Yeah, that but was no, legit. but what I mean is like when he was with the Broncos, oh, it, was not it, the was, same. it wasn't he won the Super Bowl. He didn't cough it up, but the yeah, defense yeah. was the reason True. why they won. Von right? Miller killed that Super Bowl. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, and that's why I think that it's not about the quarterbacks in this one. I think it's I think the quarterbacks just need to play conservative and not have turnovers, and the defense needs to go get it. Nice. I love talking football with you, dude. That's a, we'll talk football a lot more in the future. I feel like we would have been a really good teammates if we got to play in pads. But, yeah, we got, we got flag football to talk. But, uh, dude, uh, man, anything else you want to add in? Uh, no, I'm just real grateful, you know, for our friendship and the opportunity to, you know, get, you know, our messages out here to people who um, could better their lives. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're stuck just doing one on ones or with small groups. It's very small scale, but things like this really help to impact a lot of people um, within a short period of time. So um, yeah. I'm happy to, tr you know, try and uh, build this and continue my life's goal. Um, and I know you share that to, you know, increase the longevity of athletes. And, and people alike so that way we can live better uh, mm -hmm. fuller experience lives yeah live life happy man don't be hating life not being able to move or, or be uncomfortable in your own skin so yeah yeah that's what we want and and definitely um yeah I, I think uh, podcasts have definitely blown up a lot more in the last few years in general but I feel like it's so much better talking about our experiences because I feel like you know between I mean I don't even know how, how many lifetime sessions do you think you've done lifetime oh, probably shoot. over 10 grand you think yeah probably yeah, yeah. i'm right i'm floating around between four and five i'd say like 4500 i'd say yeah. like lifetime sessions and it's you know i was just always the type of trainer that never really wanted to record my clients or put them on instagram things like that i just gotcha. I, I thought that was rude and stuff um and i mean no no, no not to say it's bad by any means but <laughs> yeah, i was just in a commercial not. gym you know if you were promoting your business um, you know, it's a little different that way, but I, that's why yes. I also think this is going to be so much more beneficial to people. Um, because yeah, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, just like we said before, you know, successful trainers are only the ones that look good or have a bunch of followers and whatnot. And, uh, I truly believe that, you know, me and you, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to be cocky or anything, but I truly believe that me and you care a lot more about the average stranger than a lot of traditional personal trainers do. And I'm just going to leave it on that note. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm doing a sound bit for uh, Daniel's Instagram right now. Hey and yo. we're going to finish on that. So thank you guys so much. Make sure you like, subscribe. Thank you guys for listening. And shout out to Daniel Ledbetter at All Levels Athletics.